Hello, the Script Mistress Podcast. Here you are again, scene five. I am so glad you're still listening or watching. <laughs> um, as you probably guessed, we're going to start putting this on YouTube as well. Um, but this week, as we start our October challenge, I'm really excited. If you guys didn't sign up for the Ink to Screen screenwriting challenge, you missed out. This, this week is all about phobias. I sent out four images of four different phobias where each writer had to pick one phobia. They didn't have to go off the picture. They did have to pick the phobia, do some research, and not necessarily have to do a horror script, but definitely um, using that phobia within their entire script. I'm really excited. I can't wait to read those. So as our writers are vigorously <laughs> trying to think of, of scripts um, as these five days. It started on on Wednesday and it will go until this Sunday at midnight. So you guys have plenty of time. I decided to kind of sit down with somebody that I admire and have been excited to learn and to learn from and to really connect with. His name is Scott Young. Um, he runs an amazing um, audio show out of um, Nevada, and it was really great reaching out. I got to be on his audio show, uh, The Herit the Secrets Heritage House, uh, which is really great. I'm going to add all of the information in our show notes, and if you're looking on the page, I'll have it all in there with a headshot of him, but I just wanted to kind of go over things. He's been in the business for a very long time, and he's now supplanted himself in Nevada, and he works really hard creating media um, and scripts and everything for the radio, which I think is amazing because that's just another source for us. I mean, we have podcast dramas, have all of that. So uh, there are plenty of places to write if we can't get our stuff on screen. So I really wanted to sit down with him, see what tips he had for us. So I really hope you enjoy the interview. Again, I don't I don't do a lot of editing um, quite yet. Uh, still nuts and bolts here. So uh, there was kind of a break in the middle there. We had an issue with audio, but we got back. So here is our interview with him. I hope you enjoy it. And yes, October has started for the Ink to Screen. So please come and join us for November. We'll have another one starting up pretty soon. But if not, you should definitely read the winners. So Joseph Johnson won our September, our very first reboots won our September challenge and very excited to be posting everybody's work on our website. You can check it all out at www.thescriptmistress.com. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun doing it. And moving forward, I really want to do interviews while you guys are working on your scripts, not giving you too much stuff, but just listen to some great things and some great writers, um, their success stories and, and what they've found has worked from that for them as writers. That's what I want to help you out with. So sit back and enjoy this interview as much as I did doing it. Thank you. Yeah, we're just kind of talking about the the video that we'll be putting up. I'll put on the um, web page. So everybody, this will be our um, scene five. Uh, so it'll be www.thescriptmistress.com forward slash scene five. And we'll have the video there. Otherwise, I'm here with Scott Young. Hi, Scott. Hey Amber, how you doing? I'm doing really good. And like we talked about earlier, tell everybody, yep, this will not be edited. Um, so we are just gonna have fun. His eyes got so big. <laughs> so this is gonna be a lot of fun, and that's that's where we we find the good stuff is in the bloopers, right? 
Yeah, except the bloopers up. aren't supposed to actually air <laughs> anywhere. They're supposed to be like bonus material on the DVD, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, but everybody gets the bonus. Now everybody gets the bonus mm-hmm. here. All right. So, Scott, I want you to describe your screenwriting journey in a hundred words or less. <laughs> oh, put me on the I'm, spot. Why don't I'm you? kidding. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> oh, I no. can do it. I can do it. Give, give me like 30 <laughs> seconds to compose my thoughts here. I could probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, go to town. Go to town. Well, what do you want to describe? Know? Yeah. Where your screen, what, um, like, where did, where did you start? How long has oh. it been? Like your screenwriting journey. I was in my whole, my whole writing journey, actually. Mm-hmm. I was in college. Um, I had wanted to work in the film industry. So I went to Cal State Northridge to uh, go to film school. That's in the uh, San Fernando Valley, north of Los Angeles. Um, and I, I had been working on, you know, scripts in my off hours and, and all of that. Um, I was watching a TV show with a friend of mine on a Sunday night, and we were laughing at how hysterically bad the show was. <laughs> and it was like synchronicity. We both turned and looked at each other and went, we can write better than that. <laughs> and so just as an exercise in just to see if we could do it. We sat down and we, we studied the show enough. We did a little research on the producer, got some background on him. And then um, in like a four day period, we wrote a script for that show. When we were done with it. Of course we were sitting there going, yeah, this is definitely better than anything the show has aired so far. Uh, (laughs) It's like, what do we do with it now? Well, it was mm-hmm. the show was filmed at Universal, and I had friends who worked at Universal, so I called over there and I said, just, just leave me a gate pass. Don't ask me what I'm doing. Just leave me a gate pass. <laughs> and um, so I went over to Universal in the middle of the week, took time off from school and, and went over there. And I had the script tucked under my arm, copy of it, <clears throat> and got on the lot, went to see one of my friends, and I said, okay, find out for me where this producer's offices and lo and behold it was in the same building (laughs) it was just like two floors up in the same building where i was so i said thanks and i took off and i i basically just went up there found the office secretary's busy typing away and i just breezed right past her into the office she's like wait wait (laughs) and i get in there and i'm like look Jeff, hear me out. Give me two minutes. Just hear me out. He looked up and he he started laughing and he said, all right, you got two minutes. So I told him basically, you know, we'd been watching the show and we had the script and it's like, just read it. It's all we want you to do is just read it. We don't care. We sold it to the show. Wow. Thankfully, because the show was so dismally bad, it didn't get produced. They had a 13 episode half season commitment and Mm -hmm. the network pulled the plug on the show on the 10th episode. So when that wrapped production, that was it. They were done and we were scheduled to be the 13th script. We were the 13th episode. So there were three that didn't get produced. And um, I knew the other authors. I knew the other writers. 
and we 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 all agreed that it's probably just as well we didn't get our scripts produced on that show it was just mm-hmm. like mm, we didn't we didn't we didn't so all right so the show got canceled Mm-hmm. That producer, Jeff Freilich, went from Universal to Lorimar. And the writers all split. It was a it was a faction. It's like half the writers went to work for Aaron Spelling, the other half went to work for Lorimar. Lorimar was producing Dallas and Flamingo Road at the time, and um, they and Knots Landing had just come on the air too. So the nighttime soap operas mm-hmm. were. The, the bulk of them were being done by Lorimar. So Jeff went over there and I followed him and as did several other people. <clears throat> and then the other group of writers went over there and spelling and worked over there on dynasty. Um, Jeff got on Flamingo road and I just kind of hung around. Um, I didn't actually, I, I did sit in on writers meetings on that, but I didn't actually contribute anything of, I didn't write a script or anything for the show, but that got me, that got me in the door is it, it got me where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, I just, uh, I just kept writing and, and kept working and I've developed a bunch of pilots. I've developed a couple of feature films. I've, um, and then most recently, just thanks to the COVID pandemic, the most recent activity because people weren't able to go to theater and, and movies and things like that. Um, I created a radio show. So we have a, a radio soap opera that's been running for two years now. That's just coming to an end. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And that's, I think, I mean, later mm-hmm. um, talking about that, that now I think that's such a bigger medium than it was, I think like retro, whatever, <laughs> but the radio and podcasts, I love listening to podcast dramas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's just nice anymore. We're so busy that sometimes all we can is just lend an ear, not necessarily an eye anymore. Well, I've discovered with audio, with radio and podcasts that driving in the car, you just put it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Just get immersed in the story while you're driving wherever you're going. And um, yeah. <laughs> I found myself getting to places where it's like, oh, it's almost over. I'll just sit here and finish listening to it. And <laughs> then I'll go do what I have to do. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Nice. There's there's so many good shows out there now that are in the podcast arena and in the, in the radio arena. Uh, It is, it's the old adage that um, you hear from time to time when people say um, everything that is old will be new again. And Mm -hmm. like vinyl records are coming back or have been coming back for the last couple of years. And yeah. now radio and podcasting and audio dramas and audio comedies and, and all of that are coming back too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, so there's definitely um, more opening where they could just create it themselves as well. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. there's a, I think there's a market too for them because you have, you have audio books, which mm-hmm. are designed for people who are busy, but also for people who have lost their sight. So they can't yeah. watch TV. So they have to listen to, you know, they have, they have to use their other senses. So radio drama, actually full cast scripted radio productions, uh, basically it's television without the video. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. No, I just. 
Yeah, sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty, but now we are back. Am I back on my headset? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sound good. All right. Sorry about that, Scott. That's um, okay. So yeah, so we're talking about the the radio definitely has a, a market for that and everything too. And what got you um, into at, to Carson City? where you currently are. Well, that was a long journey too. Um, After working in the studio system for about 15 years, Mm -hmm. I was fed up with Hollywood in general Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just, I don't know. I was just unhappy. I I was working for a great company and I great group of people and, uh, and all of that, but I just wasn't happy with what was happening. I was doing everything for that company, except what I really wanted to do, which was be behind the camera creating content. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision. Um, the, co- <laughs> the great company I was working for went belly up. Um, the bank foreclosed on all the notes and mm. we had our own, we had our own version of black Friday where we all came to work and were greeted in the lobby by bankers in suits who, oh, no who gave us the box of our things that were on our desk that belonged to us and said, you know, here's your severance package. We at least got a severance package. That was the best part. And it's like, now get off the premises basically. So yeah, it was like we went home the night before and we came back the next day and we were all out of work. So um, I got, I got to give them credit because they did give us the severance package. It was based on our, our longevity and, how long we'd been with the company and all that. And I lived a little over a year off that severance package without having wow. to go find another job. But it was during that year that I decided I'm leaving LA. I'm tired of all this. <laughs> um, so I ended up in Sacramento, which hmm. was just a, it wasn't planned. It wasn't, I wasn't planning to go there. And I got into, um, I got into writing, developing and writing, bless you, <laughs> got into, you should have left the sound on because <laughs> now people listening to this will be like, why did he say that? Because I sneezed. <laughs> I, I got into, um, I, I got into advertising. So I mm. was working for local businesses there, creating uh, print campaigns because I've always been into not so much photography, but taking the end result and putting it into like Photoshop and manipulating it and turning it into something interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was helping this little company develop um, uh, campaigns for local businesses. And that led to TV commercials on the local TV stations. Hmm. So I, I started developing entire campaigns uh, from launching and then how many commercials the campaign would have um were they 30 second or 60 second spots you know developing all that and then actually writing the scripts for the commercials then i got behind the camera and started directing the commercials (laughs) so the whole it became like i was a one one stop i i wrote i i created i wrote i directed i produced i edited and then i delivered them to the tv station and i put them on the air um I won an award, an advertisement oh. for one of my commercial campaigns that I did. And that got me thinking, it's like, hey, I'm finally behind the camera. I'm being creative. I'm doing stuff. It's like, what can I do next? 
about that same time, my dad got sick. My parents had retired to northern Nevada to a little community that's about 50 miles from here called Fallon. My dad reti- was retired military, and they have the, uh, the uh, Navy base, the Navy mm-hmm. training station in Fallon, where they actually shot the Top Gun, the first Top Gun movie. Mm-hmm. So my parents had retired there. So my dad got sick, and I was back and forth to Sacramento like every weekend to help my mom out. And I noticed that they weren't doing a lot of the stuff they used to do. So I decided, you know, I don't want to see them lose the house. I don't want to see them. I definitely don't want to see them go into assisted living. It's like, what have I, what do I have to do here? So I uprooted everything and I just moved to Northern Nevada with, and, and did not have a job or anything. Uh, I left the advertising people I was working with and all that. I, I was still doing some consulting with them. And I still did a couple more commercial campaigns with them after I moved up here. But that was in 2007, and that started my journey in Nevada. While I was up here, the first thing I heard about, I was driving from Reno to Fallon one day, and I had one of the local radio stations on just to have something on in the car. And they were running a commercial uh, contest. They had bought... They had bought two spots on one of the local TV stations, and they said we're gonna we're gonna try advertising the radio station on the TV show, or on the TV, and all of our listeners can enter this contest to make a commercial for Bob FM. That was the uh, 90, 90, 97, 97 Bob FM. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I thought, what fun! But then I, I this is like a Wednesday, and it's like. The film, the videos were due on Friday morning. Oh, I'm no. like, geez. And I, they'd been running it for like two months, but that's the first I'd heard about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I got home. I called a friend who had a camera and I said, can I borrow the camera? And then I, I ran around town talking to like three or four friends of mine. And I said, look, can you come over tomorrow afternoon? And bring this, bring this, bring, you know, I had a whole list of things. I, I wrote the commercial in the car while I was driving home. Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, so Thursday afternoon, they all showed up. We shot this thing and had a ball doing it. It only took us like an hour to shoot the whole thing. And then I edited the thing overnight, drove to Carson City <laughs> and delivered <laughs> the thing. I want a t-shirt. <laughs> But, but my commercial aired on TV, too. So, yeah. Awesome. They, they picked the top three winners, and I was one of the top three. So so that was exciting. Then I found out about um, short filmmaking competitions, like the 48-hour film race. But there mm-hmm. was one that was right in northern Nevada. It was in Carson City. And they were doing three competitions a year. <clears throat> and I called, and I talked to the, the lady who was running it, uh, Darla Bayer, and she said, well, it's kind of late to make a film for this one, but do you want to be one of the judges? Because I had, you know, I had a decent industry background. And I said, yeah. sure, I'm very judgmental. I said, let's, <laughs> let's yeah, let's do that. So um, I, I got to see all the films in advance, and I cast my votes and, and different categories, you know, directing and writing and all that. But that got me thinking, hmm, this is no different than making a TV commercial because the films had to be no more than nine minutes long. So you had five minute to nine minute 
window for your films to be. And I thought, I'm going to wait till the next one comes up. So the next one came up and I entered it. And that's what started my short filmmaking career. Not short career. I was making yeah. short film. <laughs> which mm -hmm. I just did the new one for the Halloween competition and submitted it last Friday. So oh, awesome. Yeah. Keeping, I'm working with a, a new group of filmmakers that I had not worked with before, but who I knew. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have time to actually put a production team together for this one, but they had time to do that, but they didn't have time to do all the groundwork. So I mm -hmm. wrote the script and then did all the, I, I went to the spirit store to buy the supplies and <laughs> they, I, since I knew what we needed, I just went and bought all the props and delivered mm -hmm. it to them. And I said, okay, guys, have fun. And then they made the film. <laughs> and then we, we edited it together and it turned out really, it turned out really fun. Um, Heidi's in it. Oh, mm -hmm. great. Great. Her, 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 her voice. Awesome. Her voice. Her voice. Yeah. 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 Um, there's, oh, there's three are... places where we have voiceover tracks. So I called all the Heritage House people and I said, I need help. <laughs> Got him into Zencast. Yes. Got him into Zencaster. Recorded him. Yeah, so that's great. Fun. So yeah, no, that got me cool. into that got me into making short films, and mm -hmm. I still I still write. I've got uh, a TV pilot that's floating around LA right now. That's getting some attention. I don't mm. know what's going to happen with it. It's one that I've been developing for a long time, and I I just have never let go of it because I like the concept behind it. And finally wrote the thing, and then it turned out better than I thought it would. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this around to a few people and see what they say. Yeah. Um, I've got a screenplay that is in various stages of development, comes and goes, it kind of like peaks and valleys. It goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right now mm -hmm. it's it's climbing the peak again. So we'll see what happens this winter, and then it'll probably valley out again after. Yeah. That I. Muted that. Oh, was Sorry. That, was that the doorbell or was that the computer? <laughs> no, that's my other computer. My other oh, computer oh. was was making noises. <laughs> uh -huh. So that that's no, kind that's of my right. journey. So I have a, I have kind of a jack of all trades background now with filmmaking, because I've edited, I've shot the films, I've run the camera, I've run the sound systems. The only thing I have not done is I've not appeared in any of the films. I'm not an actor. Uh, I've not appeared in any of the radio productions. I'm not an actor. <laughs> it's like, mm -mm. somebody actually wanted to cast me in something. And it was like, no, <laughs> no, find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave that to, I'm like, I create it. Yes. No, I do. I do love the acting. <laughs> oh, and it was a uh, little side note. And it was during right after I started getting into the short film competitions uh, that mm -hmm. I found New York City Midnight also, which yeah. is where you and I met. <clears throat> yes. 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 And that's a lot of um, I, uh, my listeners now, um, how we like the group and have a mm -hmm. lot that the incestuous writing community that we have going on mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. hoping I can bring others into my fold. So well, when we developed the radio production two years ago, I called on fellow NYCM writer, mm -hmm. John Adams to co co-create the show with me. Yeah. And he was very instrumental in getting that whole first season up and running. 
Um, yeah, yeah, John is great. John is great. Yeah, yeah. I love so love reading few, his stuff. Yeah. Quite a few names associated with the show that are mm-hmm. uh, familiar to New York City Midnight. Um, yeah, I, I love the short form, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it's because I did advertising for so long. I mean, with advertising, you've got thirty seconds or you've got sixty seconds. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if it's two frames over sixty seconds, it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and that taught me that taught me how to compact and how to. And then the short filmmaking competitions again, we limited to five to nine minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's two seconds over nine minutes, you're disqualified. Yeah. And yeah, if it's two seconds exactly. under five yeah. minutes, you're disqualified. Exactly. So I, I love the short form because it really makes your brain think about, you know, mm-hmm. what what to include in the story, what to include in the dialogue. And you find yourself at the end, it's like, no, we can lose this whole sentence here. We can lose this whole scene here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, not, yes. and still end up with the same, you know, the same storyline with. Yeah, more, you have to get, yeah. Yeah, you get really creative. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think it's so great. Like I love, you know, doing the the ink to screen challenges that I do is, Mm -hmm. is for new writers. And like, even, you know, others have told me it really helped like hone their craft where it's, it's a lot easier to kind of add, but to, to, to bring it contract and bring it back and everything. Cause if you can get a whole story in five minutes, then, then there's something there and you, you can always uh, expand on it. I love the beta reading process. I had never encountered beta readers until new york city midnight yeah and i've developed a reputation for being the format nazi when somebody sends (laughs) me something when somebody sends Mm. me something to beta read i am Mm. a stickler for formats Mm -hmm. and i will i will shred the script just on formatting alone without even touching the story (laughs) So I, I've gotten that reputation around New York City Midnight of being very harsh in my criticisms. Um, I try to balance it too. It's like I'll give you something bad, and then I'll give you something good, and then I'll give you something bad again, and then mm-hmm. I'll give you something good again. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It doesn't always work. Yeah, and I just <clears throat> there have been a couple I've I... read that were just abysm- abysmally bad that <laughs> I couldn't find anything good to say about them. And, and then I, I had read... yeah I. Yeah, that, that's when I write back to the author and it's like, um, my criticism is going to be pretty harsh. Are you sure you want me to keep going? Well, at least with the beta, like you're anonymous. They don't know. Like I've had I've had a writer where um, I had to give bad feedback and I'm just like there there wasn't anything redeeming in here. I mean, I don't know where you came up with this, but he yeah, he he lashed back pretty, pretty bad. And I'm just like, and it wasn't just me. This is when I had a couple of readers too. Right now it's just me until we get more um entries into ink to screen. But before I had like two or three right uh readers and it wasn't just me. <laughs> but I keep mm-hmm. them anonymous and I so you got me. So well, so he with, definitely lashed back. With NYCM, it's not anonymous though. They put up the beta spreadsheet, and it's your email oh. address with your name on it. And oh, you're communicating I guess I never di- looked into it. Yeah, yeah, you're communicating directly with the other writers. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's like it's gotten to the point where with each competition, as as it's nearing, I start getting mm-hmm. emails from some of them going, "I know you only have so many that you can do. It's like, can I get on your list?" And I'm like, okay, you know, that makes me feel good. Um, yeah, also, no, because, makes, 
it also makes me okay. feel good when I offer critique and comments and ideas for improvement yeah. and they implement those ideas and then they go on to place and move on to the next mm-hmm. round. I, I, I love that when that happens. <clears throat> well, and it's just, it's so hard as a screenwriter or a writer in general, we're so stuck in our own ideas sometimes that like, I think it's important to have a collaboration but we're so we're so scared to give away our ideas that sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. for us to do that so but I think it's important like to have like a community and people that you can share it with because you never know it's like Mm -hmm. let me throw something against you and see what comes back (laughs) and if it's something that can help yeah see if the spaghetti sticks to the wall (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) like or a, a different way of describing it because that was one, like I read one and somebody that I, I like, you know, I like their work and I'm just like, I don't understand where you were going with this. So I put it in my, I'm like, you may need something here to describe it in a different way. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I do because I, I, I mark up the script <clears throat> and then I give my feedback in a coverage. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I do mine too. I, I go through and do uh, PDF sticky notes in the script yep. itself and then i write up a whole commentary in word after that yeah it repetition mm-hmm. and ex- excessive um verbiage are my two big things um yeah. i i went through i actually physically went through one of the scripts i was beta reading and i i plugged it into word and i cut out all the extraneous words and all the overly descriptive <laughs> things that wasn't mm-hmm. necessary and the script was under half the size that it was. So in the original yeah. form, it was five pages, which was the limit. Um, mm-hmm. I said, you've really only got about two pages of script here, which means you've got a two-minute movie. Yeah. Now, you know, look at the edits I made here and then compare them to what I cut out. And hopefully that sinks in. And yeah. Because yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not a college term paper that you're trying to fluff up the word count. <laughs> like exactly. everything in your script, five pages, 10 pages has to mean something mm-hmm. and it has to, yeah. And, and some get like just no description, like, mm-hmm. like, like sometimes you go too far and I'm like, we need, you, you need to set the scene still. <laughs> yeah, some of you the still need the- to tell us what what we're doing. Yeah. Some of the people in the forums don't like me either because they'll, they'll start picking on the writer about no camera angles. Don't put in camera mm-hmm. angles. And it's like, dude, you need some camera shots just to set your scene up. Yeah. You don't need every, well, every I, camera shot yeah. laid out for everybody. That's the director's job. No. You need the basic master shot to, but I think you can set that up without saying the camera pans or you can, you can yeah. set it like a rolling, you can set it in such a way, but you have to still set up that scene, but you don't mm-hmm. have to say the camera goes here to here or, right. you know, cut or, or, to and all the, yeah. Yeah. Cut yeah. to medium shot, cut to far shot. Yeah. Cut to, yeah. Cut to high angle. Cut that's to a, aerial. that's a production. Yeah. yeah. That's a production. <laughs> that's script. the shooting script. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, I talk to a lot of more beginners, so let's think back, what, five years when you started? <laughs> five years? Back when you were when you were a beginning screenwriter. Oh, what were yeah. some things that really helped you along the way? Well, since my target was television, um, all of my instructors in college had definite ideas on on what to do but they were all in agreement that if you could get your hands on actual real scripts that were used in productions 
mm-hmm. read them, study them, see how they're structured, especially television, because you have yeah. four acts that you have to allow for the commercial breaks and, and things like that, um, <clears throat> and learn from them. And don't mm-hmm. just get the best scripts. Get shows that were terrible and get shows that were successful and, you know, read and read try to figure out why the show didn't succeed or why the writing was bad, you know, <laughs> those, those cases. So that was one of the big things right there. Um, the other thing that was very helpful to me was when we had to write something for screenwriting classes, we had to bring in enough copies the following week of the scene or the, whatever we were working on <clears throat> to be able to assign fellow students to read the characters Mm-hmm. And then the, the instructor would read the camera business, all the, the scene description and all of that, so that the writer could sit back and listen to it. And that, I found, was very useful, very helpful. And that's that's why I, I conduct periodic table readings of projects. And Zoom has opened that up for me. It's like getting people together mm-hmm. on Zoom is easy. Getting people together to come to a table reading at a conference room somewhere is impossible. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So Zoom has been, you know, the pandemic has had some good things come out of it, like Zoom and Mm -hmm. Zencaster, which we're using to record this. Yes. Um, For our radio production, we do everything remotely. No one comes into the studio. Mm -hmm. So we have actors that are in different states. We have actors that are in different countries. In fact, Mm -hmm. you worked with one of them. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. she, She played your sister. And mm-hmm. she's in Spain now. She lives. She was yeah. in England when she was recording with us, but now she lives in Spain. So that's amazing. It yeah, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, opened so much doors, and yeah. And yes, your two episodes are finally airing at the end of this <laughs> month. <laughs> so it's so, been a long wait. Yeah, the obligatory plug-in. <laughs> Listen to my show. I'm in there now. <laughs> Listen to his show. <laughs> you'll recognize. Yeah, I um because I mean most of my experience is, is acting. I mean, I've been acting since I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and then I turned to screenwriting and playwriting too. And so I tell I try to tell all the writers like coming at it from an actor's perspective, I think gives me a different mm-hmm. give, gives me a different angle. And I think a lot of them I'm like if you could just have a couple of your friends just come over Hey, have a bottle of wine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Read this mm-hmm. out loud for me. I'll read this scene direct, you know, and and just you don't have to be professional actors for you to hear the cadence of the dialogue, to to hear how things move in a certain way. I think mm-hmm. that's especially if you're writing a feature film, that's definitely mm-hmm. it has to be a part of your editing. That's what I I always suggest. I, I work better with collaborators. All of mm-hmm. my best work has always been with another writer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, so Heritage House is a good example. I brought John in to round that out with me, and the two of us turned the show into something that I think is really awesome. Yeah. The yeah. the first script I sold to that horrible TV series in 1980 uh, <laughs> was a collaboration with my my friend Louise and I did that. Um, yeah. And literally everything that that I've that I'm really happy with everything that I've been really happy with has been a collaboration with other writers. It's great because I remember that first script. Um, 
she was a she was an avid collector of uh, Star Wars and Star Trek collectibles and such. Mm. And when we were when we were mapping out scenes, we had the whole tabletop cleared off. We had all her action figures on the tabletop, and we were actually moving them around and reciting dialogue. One of us would be like blurting out dialogue while the other was typing away, and we were staging the scene. It's like, okay, so they're doing this and they're doing this, so the camera would have to be over here. So mm -hmm. describe it from that angle. Yes. Uh, it was so much fun, and, and it was mm -hmm. four days of, I mean, we literally blew our jobs off and all that just so that we could concentrate on getting the stupid script done. And, and <laughs> but that's actually, amazing. That like, yeah. yeah, that like makes me so happy. That would fill me up with so much happiness. Like when I do that <laughs> or um, when we, I did with the 20, a 24 hour, like play mm -hmm. plays, 24 hour plays and um, holy crap. And you had to collaborate to try and like 10 different writers coming up with 10 new plays in mm -hmm. you know in eight hours and then putting them putting them on stage you know by the next day was just it was it was incredible to see what you're you're capable of when you're not just trying to wait for something to happen you I know like, I like having a deadline that that's why I like the competitions so much is because mm -hmm. you sign up they start and you know you've only got this amount of time and it's like you got to do something quickly <clears throat> Yes. The, the, yes. This film, this film we just did for the Halloween film competition, was plagued with problems from the beginning. Um, <laughs> I, I literally, during the period that we had to make the film, I literally only had one day that I could shoot it, and on that day, my camera guy flaked on me. Oh no! <laughs> I finally texted him, and it's like um, you're an hour late, and he's like, "Oh, I had to work extra shift." It's like, when did you find this out? Oh, 930 this morning. It's like, you couldn't tell me then. You know, it's like 330 in the afternoon and we had to be out of the location. We were oh. a, a remote location. We had to be out of there by 830. So by the time oh, no. we would have gotten there, we would have had about 40 minutes to shoot. And so I just, I scrapped the whole thing. I said, forget it. I'm not going to do it. So the person whose house we were using, she's one of the people who organizes the competitions mm -hmm. she kept on me she kept texting me and she's like you know it's like you still have two weeks it's like <laughs> and I'm like yeah but I don't have two weeks I already juggled everything around to have that one day free it's like mm -hmm. I can't juggle the same people around again they're gonna kill me you know so yeah it's like no I can't do that so then she hit me on Monday with um um well what about having one of the teams that didn't register this year do it and i went like who she rattled off a couple of names and i said really they didn't register they always register <laughs> so I, I i got off the phone with her and called one of the teams and i said look i've done the groundwork if you guys do the production then we'll just share the credit <clears throat> on it and they were like yeah we didn't register because we didn't have time to do like all the groundwork but we can shoot it. So mm -hmm. it's perfect. Let's do this. So we made a movie. Awesome. But it was, awesome. it was crazy though, because we were right down to the last minutes of deadline and I'm still mm -hmm. mixing audio and I'm still doing titles <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, we're not going to make this. We're not going to make this. Mm -hmm. Shut up, Scott. Shut up, Scott. Keep working. <laughs> we got it in. We got it in. Mm -hmm. So they're happy with it. But yes. 
but it's just good to know that there are different options out there than just having script and trying to sell it to Hollywood and get it made. Like mm -hmm. that's another, I'll have another interview um, with the guy who did my, did my um, challenges who is now has his own production company and he's shooting all of his short scripts and everything. And that's great. And that's, that's awesome. Like it is awesome. And, and there's, I'm, a, there's a market for short films. Um, there is. A lot of mm -hmm. people don't waste, a lot of writers think they're wasting their time writing a short film, thinking mm -hmm. that there's no future in it. There's plenty of future in it. You can enter in competitions. You can, there's whole short film festivals. Yes. You could, you don't need a whole lot to go make a movie anymore. The camera, the camera technology mm -hmm. in an iPhone is so sophisticated that they're actually using iPhones to shoot TV commercials and mm -hmm. actually short films. So exactly. Get a yeah, good exactly. microphone set up and get a couple people who are, are passable as actors and you can go make your own movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd be surprised at like community, even community theaters, like what, you know, talent that you do have there, they just, they, they just do it for fun, but you get, you know, a college film crew together. Hey guys, want to mm -hmm. make something real fast? And yeah. Yeah. So didn't you thank you, Scott. About, so didn't you want to hmm? talk about radio writing or audio writing? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you on again okay. if, if you'll do so, but I will bring you on with Haley and John and we'll yes. talk about, yes, creating, yes. creating a script and transforming it into radio. I think that's it. That needs to be a whole different segment. <laughs> maybe maybe we could get Fiona on the line too if it's not Fiona. Yes, yes. Depending on what Fiona is in England. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it nice for her. We'll we'll make a good time for her. That's Absolutely. totally fine. Absolutely. I just thought that would be good. So where? So tell us. Like I know, but tell us where we can find Heritage House, your radio ah, show, and okay. tell my listeners who hopefully some <laughs> don't know. <laughs> All right. So Secrets of Heritage House premiered two years ago. Mm -hmm. And in that two years, we produced over 25 hours of content that you can now listen to on any of the major podcast apps like Apple Podcasts or iTunes, um, mm -hmm. Audible, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find it anywhere. Just plug the title in Secrets of Heritage House. That's H-A-R-R-I-D-G-E, not Heritage. Heritage. <laughs> which most people hear heritage when you say heritage. Mm -hmm. So um, the final two episodes, the series finale, we are bringing the show to an end, are airing October 23rd and October 30th on mm -hmm. local radio station KNVC 95.1 in Carson City, Nevada. Simulcast on their website at the same time streaming, and then a week later it'll be on the podcasts. And Amber awesome. has a part in both of those final two episodes. She plays Brooke Pearson, the grown-up <laughs> version of a character that we introduced in the second season as a, yes. as a 10-year-old. <laughs> yes. We, fla no we flash forward into the future. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of John Adams, John wrote the series finale for us. Mm -hmm. he, he, was, he was there at the beginning, and I felt it was only fitting that he come back to the show the mm -hmm. and come full circle with it. And so he wrote the entire three hour story that <laughs> the first hour of which became the season finale. And now the final two hours are the series finale. So that's, that's awesome. So that's coming up. Um, there's a new series we're doing premiering next year called radio story hour. 
where once a month it's an anthology series. Once a month we'll present a new story. <clears throat> uh, it's open genre. I'm working with writers now. In fact, uh, Ms. Bosworth here is <laughs> coming aboard as one of our writers. Um, she pitched a, a fun idea, which I thought had a lot of a lot going for it. So I said, "Yeah, go write the script. Let's do it." <laughs> So and and for me, from a production side of it, if I say go write the script, that means you got a spot. Yeah, <laughs> so, good. <laughs> yeah, that means you're in. So yes. Um, so I as, definitely need you guys on, so you can help me late now, <laughs> so I can uh, transfer what I've written a long time ago to make it radio. But yes, good. If, um, <laughs> if if your listeners go to Spotify and just plug in fiction podcast, they're going to get pages of shows. Mm-hmm. And all of the contact information is there for all of the production companies that, that produce those shows. If you're interested in audio and radio and, and that sort of thing, contact some of those shows and say, hey, I'm a writer. Are you looking for writers? And half the time you're going to get responses back from them because you're going to find some poor producer who's doing everything himself, including writing <laughs> every episode. And Uh he or she is going to bow down and and kiss your toes for coming and wanting to work on his show, their show. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there are opportunities out there to get in. I know how hard it is for writers to break into any form of entertainment anymore. Um, The industry has changed since I first got in the industry. And if you have an opportunity, I never thought I'd be doing radio. It never mm. crossed my mind at all, ever. <laughs> and he, two years later, we've got 25 hours of content that we've produced on the show. And I'm proud of every minute of it. So, mm-hmm. And it was a definite learning learning experience. There's a whole good story when you bring John and I back about the <laughs> early days before we started, before we even had auditions for the main characters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yes. That was crazy. That no, was yeah. a little over two years ago. So yes. And the other significant thing is the last episode, episode 41, which is airing on October 30th, is the exact two year anniversary of the premiere date of the first episode. Awesome. So we have come so full definitely circle. full circle. We have come yes. full circle with the show. Yes. But by the end so, of third, by the end of third season okay. though, we were all tired. We were just <laughs> Oh man, we just and so your anthology is gonna premiere for December, right? January, January. Okay, so I know you said you had a Christmas one. The plans for the Christmas one are not working out. the The first draft script is actually worthy of a three hour time block, (laughs) and we're we're editing and we're trying to bring it down to an hour, and it's just not working. Oh, that's not, yeah, yeah. And and if we break it into two part, you know, two one hour parts, this is the 10th of October. We don't have time to record it. Mm -mm. We have barely enough time to get in and do one hour, but to do two hours, we don't have time. Yeah. So Christmas isn't going to happen. We're going to, we're going to do a double Christmas special next year. There you go. There you go. So awesome. We'll air the one we were going to do this year plus the one we have planned for next year. So. Yeah. 
So that's what I like to do on my podcast, like a writing action. And I think that's a great, like you mentioned, going on Spotify, writers, go on Spotify, look at the drama series and see if you can pick one, listen to one, see if one vibes with you and reach out to the producer, see if there's something that you could possibly do. I think that's a great action item. I mean, you don't have to do it now, but something for them to do later. Go on Reddit also, the, the Reddit. Uh, subreddit r slash audio drama. Mm-hmm. And you'll find constant posts there from producers who are starting up new shows and are looking for teams to come work on their shows. That's great. There may not be be any pay in it. Um, I mean, in the entire two years we've run Heritage House, there isn't a single person on the show that's been paid for their work. (laughs) Writing, acting, directing, the whole Mm -hmm. straight across the board, not even as producer, not even me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I haven't seen a penny of it. It's all gone into sound effects and music licenses and uh, (laughs) things we need to make the show happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. Microphone kits for the radio station, which we loan out to actors. Um, This is, this is one of the radio station loaners. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 So it's a, yeah. Labor of love. And mm-hmm. I do my theater, my community theater for 20 that's so how, that's years. We, and they're just like, that's yeah. how we pitch the show. It's, it's community theater on the radio. There you go. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And doesn't take, it takes a lot. Well, it takes a lot less time for an actor than it mm-hmm. does for you guys. about Radio too is, is we use the same um, application here that you're using to record this mm-hmm. Zencaster. And, um, if you blow your line, you're not, you're not in front of an audience of 200 people mm-hmm. suddenly trying to figure out what to do to save the scene. You can just yes. say, let me do that again. And you just do the line over and we use the better of the two. So, yes, exactly. It's a good, I mean, it's a great kind of middle ground between theater and film. So it's, it's that beautiful little middle ground that I think we just haven't had a lot of experience with. And I think that's great that this is something and it's coming, it's building traction. I think that's important. So thank you so much, Scott. I think that's all I, I mean, it was just great. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. And I will like, I will put everything down in the show notes. I'll put it on the webpage where you can find Heritage House. I'll put those links in there too for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll go to www.ink. Uh, no, not ink to screen. <laughs> See, flipped. com forward slash scene five, the number five. And I'll have it all here. And then the video, hopefully, if it, if it looks good. All right.